didn't feel happy about this consignment of animals from South Africa. You're worried because they're so valuable? I think it might be a good idea to have an extra security guard on them. Look, be a good fellow and organize it for me. There's an outfit called Assignments Unlimited. Ring them at Grove now 5995 and make an appointment. They're in the West End, 33 Half Moon Street. It's a sad admission to make, but I find little that's kindred in the affairs of my clients. Mervyn Lavis, however, was an exception. A professor of zoology, he had a fantastic knowledge of all creatures, big and small, gentle and savage, attractive and ugly. He knew their habits, whether they crawled, leapt, ran, swam, or wriggled. However, to begin at the beginning, Mervyn Lavis entered my office with a simple request for an escort. There's an international zoological society, of course, usually headed by someone from South Africa. They're right in front with animal conservation and have one of the world's finest zoos at Pretoria. Most of the time we try to swap animals for our various zoos, but every now and again a purchase has to be made. I, I hope I'm not boring you, Mr. Mason. I've really been so absorbed in the client's conversation, Mr. Levers. Uh, but tell me, this consignment that you're expecting... Are these animals swaps, or are they purchases? Both, actually. Oddly enough, we're not concerned with those we've purchased. Oh, they're bought with public money, of course, and so we naturally do everything we can to ensure their well-being and safety. But the animal that comes as a gift from South Africa is far more valuable. Up to now, only the Pretoria Zoo in South Africa has had a specimen of this buck. A grey rebuck. It's indigenous to South Africa, but extremely rare. The grey rebuck has bred, and the curator of their zoo has graciously consented to let us have one. Its mate will follow in due course. Fascinating. And you want a guard on the animals until they reach their destination. That right? Oh, yes, please. I've been instructed by Sir Timothy Wetheran to obtain the services of your organization, if that's possible. Oh, it is indeed. Uh, to what zoo are they consigned? The London Zoo, until they've been quarantined. And then they're going to Whipstead. All right, Mr. Levers. Oh, should I call you Professor? Uh, Mr. will do fine. Well, if you'll pardon my saying so, you're a little young to be a professor. Yes, I suppose I am, really. <laughs> Perhaps that's why I prefer the Mr. I must say, I find our talk most interesting. Uh, when does the ship dock? Uh, Millwall dock at 7 a.m. tomorrow. The animals will all be crated and ready for loading onto the lorry. I... Look, I thought two men. Right. <laughs> They'll have to be something of a schizophrenic. The men should be tough, as guards usually are, but at the same time, gentle with the animals. Well, if you like, I can send one male and uh, one female guard. A, a woman guard? Yes. Oh, don't worry. This girl is gentle as a woman is gentle, but in the event of trouble, she's a terror. Oh, it sounds remarkable. I'd like to meet her. You will. I'll have her leave with the male operator. Uh, Cannon is his name, by the way. Uh, the girl is called Gail Hamilton. Hmm. Right. Well, look, um, I must be on my way. Thanks for everything, Mr. Mason. It's been a pleasure. And that was all I ever saw of Professor Lavers. The animals were loaded onto the truck, and Cannon drove out onto the road towards the London Zoo. He, Gail, and Professor Lavers were all crammed into the front seat. The day was hot and sultry. 
Yours must be an interesting occupation, Professor. Yes, it is. Then so is yours. I've met a girl guard before. <laughs> well, she's a girl guard because she's too long in the tooth to be a girl guard. Ignore him, Professor. He's from the Midwest in the States. They reared him on corn. <laughs> Tell me something about the animals. Yes, I will, but you must stop calling me Professor. <laughs> when you say it, it makes me feel 90. <laughs> no, just call me... Ma- Hey. What is it, Professor? Cannon? Yeah? Pull him to the side quickly. I think he's having a heart attack. Okay. Hurry now. Help me to get him onto the pavement. Throw that coat out that's hanging over the seat. Okay. Come on. All right. Put him down on the pavement. There. Now take a look at him. He's dead. Dead? But can't you revive him? Oh, it's hopeless. Can how terrible. But well, what is it? Was it was it his heart? It must have been. But to go so quickly, he must have been suffering from a heart condition for a long time. And yet Yeah. He doesn't look like a heart case. His coloring. Look, I'll stay with him. You go and ring for an ambulance. Okay. Yes, look, there's a booth across the road. Hurry. We'll have a crowd of morbid spectators here in a minute. I'm on my way. Had an accident? Serious one, I'm afraid. Heart attack. Uh, anything I can do. Hey, that... That's Mervyn Labors. Good gracious. Do you know him? Well, of course I do. He's with me at the zoological gardens. Well, that's where we were taking the animals in the truck. Is he all right? I'm afraid not. He's not dead? Yes, he is. Mervyn. Oh... This is something of a shock to me, uh, Miss... Uh... Uh, Hamilton, Gail Hamilton. Was uh, Mervyn driving the lorry? No, one of our men, Cannon. He's gone to phone for an ambulance. The animals. Well, what about them? Well, I hadn't introduced myself. Professor Mark Tobin. I'm assistant curator of the London Zoo. Oh, I see. Oh, you're worried about the animals? Well, it seems unimportant at the moment, I know, but... One of those animals is a gift from the South African Zoological Society. It's extremely rare. Oh, the grey rebuck. You uh, know about it? Yes, Professor Davis told me before. Before he collapsed. Then you know it's important that the animal is not lost. Lost? That that it doesn't die. Oh, well, it looks healthy enough. Appearances with wildlife are often deceptive, Miss Hamilton. The animal is accustomed to the warmth of Africa. If it caught a chill, it might easily die. And I think you know what that would mean. Yes, of course. But it's not exactly a cold day, is it? I mean, it's a sticky August day. It's not at all like Africa, Miss Hamilton. Poor Mervyn. What a ghastly trick of fate. It was his ambition to see that grey rebuck in an English zoo. Do you really think something might happen to it? Yes. Uh, where's the man you spoke of, the uh, driver? In the telephone kiosk. Oh, well, look, supposing I stay with Mervyn and you continue on to the zoo with the animals. Oh, I can't do that, Professor Turman. I'm a qualified nurse and I must stay with him. Well, look, here are the keys to my car. Let me take the truck out of the zoo and when you've got poor Mervyn away in the ambulance, you can drive on to join me and collect your truck. Oh, that's very kind of you, Professor. Sure, it's not too much trouble. <laughs> not a bit of it. Now, here you are. It starts on the key. 
I'll be there in double quick time. Oh, dear, they're going to be most upset at the zoo when I tell them what's happened. Hey, where is he going with the truck? Don't panic. That was Professor Turban from the London Zoo. He happened to be passing and stopped. The animals have to be put into their cages or something, so he took them off. Oh, he's left his car for us. Here are the keys. Oh. Yes. Ah. Oh. can move. What is going to happen? Yeah. Oh, thank heavens. Here's the ambulance. Come on, kid. I know how you feel. Let's get on to the zoo. Do you think I should have gone with them? Duty first, baby. Let's go get that truck back from the professor. I won't feel happy until I've seen all those animals under lock and key. Why didn't this professor guy wait until I got back from phoning? He was worried about his charges. His charges? They were under our care. Come on, hop in. I can't think why you should be so suspicious. The man left his car. He knew all about the Grey Reaver. I've got a suspicious, nasty nature. I wish I'd never come on this lousy assignment. Oh, 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 oh not in language. Well, I just figured that it was uh, coincidental that he should just happen to be driving by when Lavers had his heart attack. It's queer, Cannon. You agree with me? Then why did you... No, no, that... not that. Mervyn Lavers. He didn't look like a heart case, and he had to go so suddenly. What else could it be? Well, maybe you figured somebody shot him with a poison arrow. Cannon, they're flagging us into the curb. Hey, what gives? Get out, my lad. No funny business. Charlie, there's a girl with him. Better watch her. What's going on? As if you didn't know. You're both under arrest. Arrest? What for? Driving a stolen vehicle. Stolen vehicle? Oh, Ken! Professor Tobin, doing you a favor. Now look what you've done. We lost a valuable collection of wild animals and got arrested for stealing a car. Enough trouble for one morning? Baby, all that can happen now is the atom bomb. At the police station, Cannon was able to prove his identity and ruefully had to admit that he'd been duped by a clever confidence trick. He shouldered the blame, although it was Gail Hamilton's fault. A call to the London Zoo established the fact that no Professor Tobin was known there and that the animals hadn't arrived. A call was sent out to all police posts to look out for the stolen truck, but it wasn't seen or heard of again. In my office, Sir Timothy Wentron talked to Gail and Cannon. What I can't understand is poor old Mervyn Lave is going off like that. He'd never had a day's sickness in his life. Yes, and it's not usual, you know. I mean, for a heart condition to strike so quickly. Yes, I gather. Well, I'm waiting for the report now. They've done an autopsy. That might tell us something. Yes? I see, yes. Yes, put him on. Uh, the police. Yeah. Some information, I expect. Hello? Yes, speaking. Oh, good day to you, Inspector. Yes. Yes, I understand. Yes, of course. Well, it's not really inconvenient. Well, thank you. Goodbye. News of the autopsy? Yes. The labors died as the result of a virulent poison introduced into his body by some means unknown. A poison? Yes, apparently it's a nerve 
poison and kills a man in a matter of seconds. Great Scott, but how and who? Well, that's what the police want to know. He was in that lorry all the way from the docks. Uh, how long had you been driving before he collapsed, Miss Hamilton? Oh, ten minutes or so. You didn't stop for anything? Gave no one a lift? Absolutely nothing. But the poison, they say, takes a second to act. You and Cannon were the only other people in the lorry with him. It's hard to conceive, but did he take anything, uh, put anything into his mouth? I told you, Sir Timothy, he was chatting to us. He dropped down right in the middle of a sentence. Why are you looking at me like that? Gail, the police say that you and Cannon are not to leave the country for any reason whatever. It's pretty obvious that Mervyn Lavers was murdered. Gail and Cannon home and told them to relax as best they could. Gail was stunned by the news, and Cannon, he just looked into the air, his brows knitted in thought. A man had been murdered, and the motive was sticking out a mile, robbery. The theft of an animal of incalculable value. But what use would that animal be to anyone? Why, well, I retired for the night. I couldn't sleep, and so answered at once when the phone rang by my bedside. Mason? Hello, Chief. Can't sleep, huh? No, I can't. Now, how did you guess? Well, you answered the phone so fast. Look, Chief, uh, I figure that Gail and me, we're, uh, well, we're in a bit of a spot. I rang the cops and said I had a bit of an idea, but they didn't want to talk to me. Gave me the impression that they'd like to go ahead in their own way and that, well, I was one of the suspects. Well, you can't blame them, Cannon. There's motive, and you were with the poor fellow when he died. Hey, well, now, wait a minute. You oh, of course I don't. What would you do with a grey Reebok? Uh, look, Chief, I want the OK to mosey around a bit. I want to go down to the docks and see if I can't check the passengers on that ship that brought the animals over. Was it a passenger ship? Yeah, ten passengers and cargo. They limit it so that they don't have to carry a ship's doctor. Why do you want to check the passenger list? Mm, just a hunch, I got. Oh, it's all right with me, of course. Okay, thanks, Chief. Try and get some sleep. Night. Mason? I couldn't sleep. Oh, is that you, Gail? Yes. Your phone was engaged the first time I rang, and I'm disturbing you again. Are you all right? Well, of course I'm all right. Just tired, that's all. Where's Cannon? At home? No, he's gone down to the docks. Has a hunch, he says. Wants to check the passenger list on that ship that brought the animals. At this time of night? Well, I suppose he knows what he's doing. So do I. Sorry again, Chief, to have worried you. Night. Uh, mild and bitter, please. Um, say, do you, uh, do you know anybody here from the SS Gozo? She's docked at Millwall. Yes, there's a couple of the crew over there. Ask that big, fair-haired one. Yes, his name's Billy Johnson. Good, good fella. <laughs> mild and bitter, tuna tenor. Tuna tenor, there you are. Thank you. Um, excuse me. Are you, uh, you Billy Johnson? Yes, mate. What can I do for you? Well, my name's Cannon. I wondered if you might help with some information about a man I'm trying to trace. I think he might have been a passenger on board the Gozo on your last trip. Professor Tobin. Sorry, mate. No, there was no passenger by that name on the Gozo. Oh, he might have been traveling under an assumed name. Uh, well, what does he look like? <laughs> well, uh, that's the point. I didn't really get a good look at him. You see, when I was... Oh, Cannon, I thought I'd find you here. Looking up the passenger list, huh? Gail Hamilton. Well, for once, I'm glad you put your face in where it wasn't wanted. 
Well, thank you. Uh, this is Billy Johnson from the animal ship. How do you do? He says that there wasn't a passenger by the name of Tobin, but Tobin might have been traveling under an assumed name. Would you describe Tobin to Billy? I only saw him for a second as he drove off in that truck. What makes you think Tobin might have been a passenger on that ship? Just a hunch. Now, will you do as I say and describe this guy who hijacked the animals? Oh, I don't get testy. He's he's very long and very thin with thick red lips and, and beetle brows. His hair's long and heavy. Eyes brown, complexion sallow. Yeah, that's Mr. Edwin Nibbo. Uh, what did you say his name no, was? It doesn't matter, Billy. You know this bloke? I'm getting to know him. <sighs> now, uh, where did he board the ship? Zanzibar. We come up the east coast of Africa from Cape Town. Zanzibar. Billy, you don't know it, but you just saved my life. Sir Timothy, uh, you might think I've gone nuts, but uh, if you could help with a few answers, it might clear this whole mystery up for us. For him, Sir Timothy, I don't know a thing that's in his mind. Anything I can do, Cannon, far away. Well, I want to know how the... Uh, how the Russians fit into the animal picture. I mean, do they have zoos? Do they trade in animals? You know, anything you can tell me. Well, they have zoos, very good ones. They're on the board of the International Zoological Society and cooperate in wildlife matters as well as anyone else. Mm -hmm. No difference between them and the Western countries as far as zoos are concerned? No, not at all. Tell me, do they have a specimen of this grey rebuck? No. Would they be happy to get a grey rebuck as a present? I'd be delighted, as we were. But, Karen, if you're suggesting that go to the trouble of murdering a British subject in his own country in order to steal a specimen, then you're barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> it's inconceivable. Uh -uh, it doesn't have to be the Russian officials. They don't have to know about it. If they suddenly got one out of the blue, no questions asked? Hmm. I suppose they might be tempted to keep it. It's only natural, but... I'm not quite sure. Now, now, just a minute, Sir Timothy, if you don't mind. Uh, why didn't the South Africans give a specimen of the Reebok to Russia? I don't know why. I suppose we're a little closer to them than the Russians. Other than that, I can't offer an explanation. Uh -huh. um, one last thing. Uh, tell me, how do you ship insects? Oh, that depends. Grass cases, usually, unless the insect is dangerous. There are specimens that are poisonous, you know. Well, uh, how do you ship them? The arachnida family are usually kept in individual capsules. Hmm. Could you show me one of these capsules, Sir Timothy? Yes, yes, uh, right here in my drawer. Uh, you see, the capsule is just big enough to accommodate one large insect. If the insect is dangerous, we put it in a colored capsule, a black one. Uh, yes, here, here's an example. Oh, thanks. What's this, uh, what's this capsule made of? Uh, plastic, a special type of plastic. You see the little hole there? That's so the insects can breathe. Well, I think I'm homing on beam. Uh, Sir Timothy, how can we check what Russian ships are in the vicinity of the British Isles? Well, there aren't any naval visits. Uh, Lloyd's Register will give you the names of any cargo ships in port or arriving in port in the near future. The Russians don't operate passenger services to England. Mm. Any other ships? Yes, fishing boats. The Department of Fisheries would know about that. Well, thanks, Sir Timothy. You've been a great help. Gail, come on, let's go. You've got work to do. Gail Hamilton's various telephone calls established the fact that cargo vessels from Russia were tied up in the Thames and that a fishing fleet was due off the Scottish coast the following day. Their nearest point on course of steaming would be off Greenock. 
Cannon made the next call to a newspaper friend who lived in Greenock. Uh, MacIver, am I glad I got you? Look, I've got something hot and urgent. You sound hot and bothered. Mike, look, it's only a hunch, but if it comes off, you'll have the biggest newspaper scoop of all time. The animals that were stolen on their way to the London Zoo. Did you read about that? Aye, of course I did. Well, I've got a feeling that they may be released in the Greenock area sometime today. Will you put out an alert for people to watch out for strange animals running around? I will. I'll get working on it right away. Great, Mike. So long. Bye. Cannon. Cannon, it's Gail. Oh, hi, Gail. They've analyzed the poison that killed Mervyn Lavers. You'll never guess what it is. I already know. Lavers was killed by the bite of a black widow spider. MacIver's call to the local people around Greenock got fast results. The animals had been let loose. All of them except the grey rebuck. That rare creature in its crate was apprehended in the motor launch with the elusive Mr. Tobin on its way out to sea to join the Russian fishing fleet. Tobin was a Russian agent and an amateur naturalist in his spare time. He thought to curry favour with the Kremlin by presenting them with a specimen unknown except in South Africa. But, well, let Cannon finish this story. Lavers died suddenly in the truck. Tobin was following behind in his car. Now, how could Tobin be sure of the time, give or take five minutes, when the spider would strike? Well, it was a hot and sultry day, remember? Tobin transferred his spider to a capsule made not of plastic, but of thin wax. He slipped this capsule into Lavers' hat when he was busy with the animals on board ship. In the truck it was hot. The heat of Lavers' body melted the wax and released the spider. I figured that was the only way it could have happened. And I knew I was right when I found out that Tobin traveled on the animal ship with the black capsules. <laughs> So now you know why the story was called A Widow in Black. <laughs> <laughs>